serving us today. Praise the Lord, ma'am. Anybody want to take a wild guess at that song? What is it? Keep on the fire and line. That's right. That is an old-time tune right there. Absolutely. Good job, sweetie. Let's go to the Word this morning. Amen. And to the message. Different message today. Going to talk a little bit about our country and where we came from today. Got a big election coming up Wednesday. Let's take a quick look. How many have already voted? Let me see your hand. Okay. How many have not voted, but you're going to vote? Let me see some hands. That's called a great church. Come on, right there. Look at what a great church looks like. You'd hope churches across America, that could be said right there. Same thing in the first service. I mean, we had probably another hundred in this in the first service, I would say easy. But hands, same way. Same way. Same way. Amen. So we have a voting church. Did you know that? Say, I love that. Don't you? I wouldn't want to be a pastor of a church where people didn't give a hoot. You know? So we're glad. Thank you so much. Let's talk about America today. Let's, uh, let's maybe educate some of you a little bit. You know? And I learned. I didn't grow up loving America. I didn't know. How did I know? I grew up a hellraiser. Daddy had a seventh grade education and worked in a cotton mill and, you know, not that you can't know, love your country if you do that, but he, he, he worked all the time and I didn't realize my dad was on drugs. Back in the day, they called them uppers. Remember? Uppers. How many remember that? Speed, right? Daddy took speed. He worked 16 hours a day in a cotton mill. And to stay awake and to do the job, he'd have these pills out there. All that. We didn't know what. I had no idea what they were. But uh, Mama was a bad drinker. There wasn't a whole lot of education on love your country. You understand? So we didn't know. We stole. You know what I mean? Didn't treat people good. And uh, but life changed when Jesus came. Amen. We started learning something. Learn how to love your wife, love your family, love you know, love. You know, your neighbor, all kinds of good stuff. I started memorizing scripture. I was like, what is this? You know, and taught me how to live. I still screw it up, but boy, who knows what I would have been without it, that's for sure. But uh, over the years, I've learned to love our country. And here's how I did it. Well, it's not that I didn't love our country when I was a young pastor. I think I did, you know. And uh, But it was when I was at the high school preaching every Sunday at Lemon Bay High School. It wasn't long. It just hit me. This is crazy. How do I get to be in a public school where Jesus cannot be talked about? Supposedly, you can't pray. How am I here on Sunday morning in this big, beautiful auditorium I preached in? And I had to get permission, and we had to sign all kind of paperwork, but I never signed anything that said I couldn't proclaim Christ. Not one thing they made me sign. Hey, come on. Yeah, thank the Lord. Come on. It was great. It was great. And I started every week. It just hit me. Wow. What a great country we live in. Amen? And then I started having the crowd that was at the high school start clapping. Let's thank God we live in America. Amen? Let's do it right now. Right one more time. Yeah! And that's how it started. And then I started studying more about our country, and I started doing messages occasionally in the summer, not occasionally, every summer on Washington and Lincoln and Jefferson and where we came from and looking at historical documents, not what Harvard or somebody wants to shove down our throat. Okay? But real documents and truth and... uh 
And uh, so something I started doing. And I've got one for you today. Ready? Here we go. All right? Because, you know, this time of the year is Thanksgiving. Where did Thanksgiving come from? What was a proclamation made by a president, of course. But Thanksgiving came a long time ago. If you know the answer, Thanksgiving started with the who? With the pilgrims. There you go. Let's go way back. Let's talk about some pilgrims this morning. Let's go, Raji. See what we can find. What's the name of that ship, supposedly? There you go. Y'all are smarter than I thought. All right. Now, if you've never been with me before, like John right here. How you doing, John? How you doing so far? Is, this, is my English Chicago? Can you hear it? You're all right, John. Okay. How about you, buddy, down front? So far, so good. All right. Hang in there. Here we go. The journey to America. Let's talk about it today. Big election coming up. And, uh, on, and uh, we're going to learn today that George Washington was not the first highly elected official in this country. We're going to see when the first election took place. Actually took place 400 years ago this year, right now. Yeah, right now, this month. 400 years ago, this month. First election. So I guess the first Tuesday in November is pretty appropriate, isn't it? Yeah, let's check it out. Let's go right now. Stay awake with me. I want to start out first with some signs up here. Ask Roger, get me some pictures off of TV and what's happening right now. Do you think the 103 pilgrims that got on board that Mayflower and sailed those bloody seas and put their life at risk to, to sail off into the dark, not even know where they're going, but had a compass? You think those people came here so they could burn down buildings, yes or no? You think those people came here so they could get to this shore so they could murder their unborn children? You think so? You think that's why they came? Say, we got to go to America so we can kill kids. You think that's why they came? I know it's a strong message. I'm sorry. I had a few walk out on me in the first service. That's fine. That's not why we came here. Okay? It's not who we are, guys. Okay? You know, to, to, did they come to get in people's face? I'm not saying they were all the greatest people on the planet, but that we have history. We know why they came, and we're going to see it today, why they came to this land. They didn't come to, the, to this to do this. Yes or no? Amen. And that's not who we are as a people. That's not who we are as Christians. Say that with me. That's not who we are as... It's not who we are. It's not who believers in Christ are. Got it? Okay. I could talk forever on this, but i got to keep going. Here we go. The journey to America. So why would you come here? Why would you leave England and come here? Let's learn today. Well, we call them pilgrims. And that's appropriate. A pilgrim is a stranger who's traveling or dwelling in a foreign land. That's why we call the ones that came here and settled in America, we call them pilgrims. They didn't come from here. It's often described as one who is what? Journeying to a holy place. And the message today that you'll get is from the writings of the first governor of the first colony in this country. And they're his words. But the beautiful thing about back in the day, people spoke and wrote in Scripture. What does that mean? They would say things in their writings that were right in the Bible. Y'all understand what I'm just saying? Have you ever told somebody going through trouble, and they come to see and you go, you ever said something like this? Well, you know, all things work together for what? You might not give them Romans 8, 28, but you're talking Scripture. Yes or no? Amen. 
Okay? Or somebody's having a bad day and you might say, well, wait a minute. Now, this is the day the... You go ahead and you should do what? You see how you, what I'm saying? So as you read William Bradford's writings, you can find that he was speaking and writing Scripture. He wasn't like politicians eh, that need somebody to find it for them and write it in a speech. He spoke it. He believed it. It was inside of him. And so the message today, I'm joining up with William Bradford in just a moment. And I did the studying. And as he was talking, oops, that's in the Bible. And so I looked up the Scripture for you. Y'all hear me or not say So let's just learn today. Let's go back to the Bible and back to our founding. So who were the pilgrims? They were from where? Got it? Yes or no? That's where they're from. Don't rewrite history. That's where they were from. Okay? Now this is huge. You need to say this pretty loud. They were, say it with me. Let's do it one more time. They believed in who they were. What? Believers in It's not that you can't be in this country and believe in Mohammed and Buddha or believe in nothing. Yet you have the right to not believe. But let's not rewrite history and pretend that people came here to found this country, just to be free in this land by, uh, you know, preaching some other gospel. No, this was the gospel they believed. Y'all hear me or not? This is your founding. So when somebody says we're not a Christian nation or we're not founded as a Christian nation, they are telling you a lie. It's not the truth. That's why I say the greatest thing you can do for your country is get up on Sunday morning and go to a church that preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's nothing better that you can do for your country. That's what they did. You hear me or not? That's why they came. This is who they were. Their goal, what was their goal? According to historical documents, not my opinion, Their goal was to achieve and preserve a simplicity and a purity that they felt had been lost, say it with me, in Catholicism and the Anglican Church. That's why... Why in the heck would you get on a boat, go into darkness, crazy seas? You've got to have a reason. Okay? This was their reason. Okay? A lot of people today in this country and around the world that are Catholics are feeling like, what has happened to the church? Okay, we're not a Catholic church. We're not a denominational church here. But we probably, let's do a quick poll. How many of your past, somehow, some way, was Catholicism? Let me see some hands. All over. Look at that. It's, it's probably at least 50%. Okay? We're not here to bash Catholicism, but at the same time, don't come here and expect me to be a Catholic. That's not my job. I'm not here to prop you up or to make you feel good because you don't go there on Sunday. Okay? We're here to preach the truth. And where they teach truth and it lines up with this truth, great. When they're not teaching truth and you hear something over here that is true, that's from the Scriptures, then that ain't right. Got it? Yes or no? Capiche? Okay. All right. It's called freedom. Isn't freedom lovely? Come on. So the pilgrims... Who were they? Well, they wanted to establish themselves, say this with me, as being able to rightly interpret the Holy Scriptures, independent of inherited social, cultural, or religious order. Now, is that in the Bible? Is that part right there in the Bible? Are we told anywhere to rightly divide the word of truth in the Bible? Is that in the Bible? Or is it in the Bible? 
See, they, that's why they came. That's why they came. So who were the pilgrims? Let's talk about them. Well, they left England. I told you 400 years ago this month. You think I'm wrong. I'm not wrong. Hang on. They left England in 1608. Well, that ain't 400. You're right. Because they didn't come here first. They went to Holland. That would have been a little easier. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? How about we just go to Holland first? And so that's what they did. They went to Holland with the hopes of religious freedom. And they were there for how many years? Do some math. What's 16 to 8 plus 12? 1620 plus 400 equals what? 2020. There you go. There you go. So that was their thoughts and hopes right there. Keep going, Rod. You pushed me. So in 1620, there you go. Having lived in Holland for how many years? Governor William Bradford, who was the first governor, first colony in his country. His writings are preserved, documented. He described the pilgrims' departure from Holland to England where they would board the what? Ship bound for where? America. Y'all not going to sleep on me yet, are you? You feel like you're watching the public broadcasting network with a southerner? With like, who's that guy? Let's keep going. So why did they get on the ship? Why did they get on the ship? Why did they get on the ship? Come on. Why did you get on the ship, Mr. Pilgrim, Mrs. Pilgrim, little pilgrims? Here's why. Because of what? Come on, one more time. Because of what? Wonder why Mama told me that night coming in, I'd been partying and she was drunk after watching Billy Graham. And even though she was in a drunk stupor, wonder why Mama said, we're going to church in the morning. Because of what? Because of hope. That's the message of Jesus Christ. Hope. Hope. That's the Christian message. We need to give that message in this town. Fellowship Church needs to be a place of hope. A place of hope. I did the hayride yesterday, and uh, Mitch drove, and I'm in the back of the hay wagon, and I can get maybe 30-plus on that wagon. I'm sitting at the top with my cowboy hat on. Hi, y'all! But you know what I told them? Somewhere along our journey on that hayride, I told them, I'm not better than you. A lot of preachers, a lot of people look at preachers or pastors and they put us up like we're better than people. And I had all races yesterday seem like, little young'uns, different economic levels yesterday on my hayrides. And I told every one of them, I'm not better than you. No one is better than you. We're all sinners. We've all screwed up, including me. And it's crazy to think that God loved us so much He gave His Son for us. And that was my little brief message to Him. Not long. That's a message of hope, isn't it? Come on. Yeah, praise the Lord. Come on, praise the Lord. That's a message of hope. If you're used to going to church where people come here and you're going to act like you're better than them... You either need to change or find a way out because you're going to hurt what we're trying to do here. 
Amen. And we know there's a lot of empty seats. We're way down compared to what we normally are because of this COVID mess. Got it? But we're doing just fine. Our online audience is way up. Thank the Lord. Come on, praise the Lord. Doing just fine. Amen. Just means there's more room for other folks to come on in on a Sunday. Amen. So keep that message out there. So they came because of hope, finding a better place for living. That's why they got on the ship. Hope for their children that they wouldn't be drawn. This is from their writings. That they would not be drawn away. Say that. By what? Evil and that's their word, not my word. Evil and extravagance. Hope for propagating, say it with me, and advancing the gospel of who? Do you see who you are? Do you see who we are as a nation? Are you starting to see it just a little bit? This is where I live. These people came here, and that's why we're here. It's crazy. Hope that the new world will be a beacon of promise. And look at this. A what? City set on a what? Is that in the Bible? I sure is. See, as you read their writings, you see Scripture all over the place. Because they were believers in Jesus Christ. Amen. How many got on this ship 400 years ago this month? How many got on the ship? Do y'all know the answer? I told it already. Nope. Not 300. You tried, though. 103. Can you say that? How many? 103. That's right. Now you know something. You know a lot already. You could probably, you could be good mess with people now. <laughs> How many years ago pilgrims come to America? You, you're going to be able to say 400. What month? What month? You're going to be able to say November. See how smart you got already? Yeah, and you're going to get to tell how many was on the ship. 103. See there, you're getting smart, man. Come on. Here we go. 103 of them. Of the 103 pilgrims who left. And don't think, this wasn't Carnival Cruise Line. This was crazy cruise line. This was nuts, man. Into darkness. I don't know about you. I love the water around here. I love getting into the bay. In a boat. Like that. I don't mind being right out in front of the gulf, along the beach. I'm in the water. Along the waves ain't too bad. And I'm on the boat out there. I'm like, hello, nice. I don't mind pushing out a little further as long as I can see what? How many are like me? You get past the land thing, and I'm like, I don't know about all this now. <laughs> can you imagine what they did? They didn't have the garments and the GPSs. They had a, they had a compass. And they were going a long way, a place they'd never been. And this compass, God willing, will take us there. Are these champions and heroes? And of that, of that 103, 51 of them died that first winter. What does that mean? Well, it took them a while to get here. Sickness. I think of how easy it is to stop us these days. People can stop us in our tracks for our, for our faith in Christ. We're weak. We're nothing like them. We're nothing like these people. They were strong. They believed. They had a deep faith. You hear me or not? Why do I give messages like this? To make us stronger. The book of Hebrews talks about people like them. It says the world is not worthy of people like this. 
Amen. That's our founding. That's who we are as a people. The journey to America. Well, that guy right there, who is he? William Bradford. And we'll do our best over the next few minutes to talk with him. Let him teach us a little bit from just his writings. Not my writings. He was the leader of the pilgrims. So you know that now, right? WB. Yep. He was elected governor of the Plymouth Colony in 1621. Did the people like him? Well, look at this. They elected him every year until he, he, he died in 1657. I'd say he's a pretty popular joker, wouldn't he say? So it's fitting that election week is this week, isn't it? He was the first elected official of the pilgrims, William Bradford. And he was a man of God. And when he wrote, he wrote the scriptures and spoke. And that's his writings that we're about to look at. Okay? Keep looking, Raji. Bradford recounts the journey. I wasn't there. You weren't there. And most of the people, a lot of people claim these people are evil people. People are supposed to be smarter than us. I don't buy it worth a dime, nothing. Got it? Say. There are great people here. Here's what Bradford says. So being ready to depart from his writing, they had a day of solemn humiliation. Their pastor, he's writing took from the text in Ezra 8.21. Here's the scripture. And there at ye river by Ahava, I proclaimed a fast. This is what the Bible says. That we might, say that word with me, humble ourselves before God and seek of Him a right way for us and for our, and for our substance. Bradford says the rest of the time, so that's what they did. They got together with their pastor, the 103 and probably relatives, etc., and they had a time of prayer and fasting. You ever heard of that? And, and humiliation. That's humbling yourself before the Lord. He says the rest of the time was spent, and I love these words, say them with me, in powering out prayers to the what? A lot of times today in church we're happy with just uh, lay-me-down-to-sleep prayers. Well, these weren't lay-me-down-to-sleep prayers. You're going to be facing sudden death when you get on that boat. You have no idea how you're going to get there, how you're going to make it, what you're doing, and you got your babies with you. Mama, how would you like that? Be rough, wouldn't it, say? So they went to Almighty God, and they powered out prayers. How many remember a time in your life you were so desperate in such a bad way? You know what it is to pray some prayers that are being powered out. Let me see some hands. You know what praying like that is? You ever done some powering out some prayers? Amen. Come on, where the words don't really matter so much, the tears are talking, say. This is them. They did it with great fervency, mixed with what? An abundance of what? Sure they were. And the time being come, they must depart. They were accompanied with most of their what? Their family. It wasn't like it was just 103 of them, guys. They have family. They got parents. They got grandparents. They got cousins. They got people too. Not all of them got on the boat, on ship. 103 of them did. Can you imagine looking at somebody you love last time you ever going to see them again? This is your country. We have a great country, don't we? This is incredible. Thank you, Lord. And they went into a town several miles off called Delves Haven where the ship lay ready to receive them. 
The pilgrims. They knew they were pilgrims. Bradford writing. But they lift up their eyes to, to the heavens. Their dearest country. And that quieted their what? Their spirits. How in the world am I going to get on that ship and go across those bloody seas to a place I've never even heard of? I don't even know if it exists. But they looked to heaven and they got the peace. And like I said, I looked up some of these things that he said. Where did, where did what did he just say come from? Hebrews 11. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. They were persuaded of them. They embraced them. They confessed that they were strangers and what? Pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a what? A country. These are our pilgrims. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from which they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned or gone back. Verse 16, but now they desire a better country that is a what? Heavenly. That's exactly what he said in his writings. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath done what? Prepared for them a what? That was one of their best texts that used, they used for their journey. We know that's talking about heaven, but they believed also that God had something for them right here, and that's what they did. What could now sustain them, Bradford writes, but the Spirit of God and His grace? May not and ought not the children of these fathers rightly say our fathers were Englishmen which came over this great ocean and were ready to perish in this wilderness? But they cried unto the Lord. He heard their voice, and He looked on the adversity. That comes from Deuteronomy. And thou shalt speak and say before the Lord thy God, a Syrian ready to perish was my father. He went down into Egypt and sojourned there a few and became there a great nation, great, mighty, and populous. And when we cried unto the Lord God our fathers, the Lord heard our voice. He looked on our affliction, our labor, our oppression. He goes on writing, let them therefore praise the Lord. I think you might know this scripture, don't you? Because he's what? He is good. His mercy is what? Endure forever. He's just writing. Yet, yea, let them which have been redeemed of the Lord show how he hath delivered you from the land of your oppressor. Look at Psalm. It came from Psalm 107. What am I trying to say today? I don't know if I'm driving you straight up the wall. I'm letting Bradford preach, not Gary. Bradford was recounting, but as he writes... He can't write without reading and speaking the Bible into his writings. This is who we are. This is who we are as a people. This was the founding and the people coming to this great country. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he's good. That's what he just said. His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord what? Say so. That's what he just said. Whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Verse 4, they wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in, hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted in them. These were their texts, their scriptures, they believed. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. He delivered them out of their distresses. He led them forth by the right way that they might go to a city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. When they wandered in the desert, he writes... In the desert wilderness, out of the way, they found no city to dwell in, both hungry and thirsty. Their soul was overwhelmed in them. Let them confess before the Lord His loving kindness, His wonderful works before the sons of men. Having been blown off course, they were almost there. But they're being blown off course from their intended landing in where? In Virginia, by a terrible storm, and I bet it won't their first one. The pilgrims landed where? When? November the 11th, when? 
You see, 400 years ago. Let's thank the Lord for the pilgrims. Come on. Come on. Amen. So, William Bradford were counting the landing. We're not long away now in case you think you're about to die. William Bradford recounted the landing at Plymouth Plantation. This is all his writing. It's not, you think I could write this? I'm from Rockingham. Okay? It's not me. It isn't me. He says, having arrived in a good harbor and brought safe to land. Say that with me. They fell upon their knees and blessed the God of heaven. Amen. You ever traveled overseas a good bit and when you got back home you got on the ground and kissed the, the earth? How many has ever done that? Kissed the ground and I've done it. I've done it. I used to travel a good bit and I'd get back home. Whoo! I'd go down sometime and kiss the ground. And then go to a McDonald's. That's me. Not you, but that's what I did. Here we go. So anyway, so they fell down on their knees. They blessed God who had brought them over the vast and furious ocean. His writing. And delivered them from all the perils and miseries thereof again to set their feet on the what? Can you imagine sea legs they must have had? That was crazy. And all the sickness on board the ship. And the death that was on that ship. But they still praised the Lord. This is our heritage. Their proper element, earth. The journey to America. Almost done. we got to do this, though. This is the last thing, and I'll quit. Governor William Bradford and the leaders of the Mayflower signed, say it with me, the what? The Mayflower Compact was 150 years before the Declaration of Independence. The people signed the Declaration of Independence. We talk about their bravery, and they were. They probably thought they had it made compared to these people. And that's how we feel now, don't we, church? Yes or no? We've got it made compared to our founders. Yes or no? Amen. Well, this was the first document. They signed the Mayflower Compact on November 11, 1620. Say that, say that with me. Before what? Before they ever set foot on dry land. I don't know about you, man. I'd have been fit to be tied. Can we sign that and go? By the way, the Mayflower Compact, would you say it and learn it with me today? This was, say it with me, America's first great institutional document. I've got sections of it. I'd like to read it to you right quick. You can tell what people believe in and how they write their letters. We end letters usually, God bless you, if we want to be spiritual, amen. They started theirs that way. Did you catch that? Look at it. In the name of God, amen. Oh, you're not a Christian nation. No, they're lying to you. You are a Christian nation. You need to... To stand on that and believe that doesn't mean you go around arrogant. No, but it should mean you go around free and and to be proud to proclaim Jesus Christ and not ashamed of him. Okay? We do him a disservice and we do people that live before us a great disservice. And we're not helping anybody out here that's going to hell. We need to do this. 
In the name of God, amen, we whose names are underwritten, the loyal subjects of our dread and sovereign Lord, King James. They were still under his authority. By the grace of God, of Great Britain, France, and Ireland, King Defender of the Faith, etc. Having undertaken, say this with me if you don't mind, for the glory of God. That's why they got on the ship. Wait. Say this with me. And the advancement of the... You can't say that. It's history, Jack. An honor of our king and country of boys to plant the first colony in the northern parts of Virginia. Do by these present solemnly and mutually in the presence of who? And one another covenant and combine ourselves together into a civil body politic. For our better ordering and preservation and furtherance of the end of aforesaid. And by virtue hereof to enact, constitute, and frame such just and equal laws, ordinances, acts, constitutions, and offices from time to time as shall be thought most meet and convenient for the general good of the colony, and to which we promise all due submission and obedience. In witness whereof or thereof we have here undersubscribed our names. Help me now. Where? At Cape Cod, the what? 11th of November, in the year and reign of our sovereign Lord, King James of England, France, Ireland, the 18th, by Scotland, the 54th, and Adamina, what year? 1620. Roger, we done. Here we go. How'd you do with your history lesson? You did all right? How'd you do? How'd you do? Did all right? Let's do a little poll right quick. You've been going to church for years. I'm not talking about this church, but you've been going to church for years. And you ain't heard at no church recently something like this. Let me see some hands. See there? Yeah. There you go. Good. Good. Now you have. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Let's do one last thing. Would you stand together with me? Come on. Let's stand together. Don't run out. We're fixing to have communion. So when was the first election? 16 what? 21, remember 21, that's right, that's right. How many were on board the ship? What year did they land here? How many years ago? Boy, you are so smart. You're bright people. We're going to have communion. We don't worship America. We're sinners, right? America's made up of crazy people. Okay? We worship God. We worship His Son, Jesus Christ. We worship the Holy Spirit. Amen? But we're going to do something right now. We do it the first Sunday of every month, and you're welcome to partake with us. We have communion in front of the crosses every month in front of the crosses, first Sunday. But I think it's very fitting today. What do you, about, what do you think about those pilgrims? You think they probably had time and they broke bread and gave thanks for the Lord's? Sacrifice, Don't you think so? We're doing a great thing by having communion. Here's what the Scripture says. Jesus speaking, I've received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. Paul writing about Jesus. That the Lord Jesus, say it with me, the same night in which he was betrayed. Would you read the Scriptures with me? He gave thanks. He took bread, rather. Read verse 24 with me. And when he had given thanks... He broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do 
in remembrance of me. Keep reading. After the same manner also, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the new testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Last verse. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death until he comes. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for a beautiful day at church, Sunday morning. We appreciate it, Lord. Thank you for our freedom. Thank you that we had church today without any officials coming in here and shutting us down. Thank you for our freedom. Lord, I pray for folks today in this room or watching online. Lord, if they died, they don't know they'd go to heaven. You see them. You know their heart. They know you see them. They don't have peace. That's not your will for their life. You love them, Lord. Lord, I pray you'd touch them today. Touch their heart. But Lord, touch their mind. Lord, ones that think going to church will get them to heaven. Lord, I pray you'll touch their mind. You help them make sense that, that that's not gonna that's not gonna get it done. If there's some here that believe in good works will get me there. Lord, I pray you'll touch their mind and their heart, and they'll see that that's not gonna work. So, Lord, I pray all of us, all of us in this room will humble ourselves and we'll bow at your feet. We'll proclaim that we believe in you, Jesus. We believe you're God's only son. We believe you died on the cross. We believe you rose from the dead. We put our faith and trust in you, not ourselves, not in a church. No, Lord. You're the only one who can save us. I hope you're telling him that right now. Would you get it settled today? Would you get it nailed today? Would you talk to him right now? Let me help you just this last little part. Tell the Lord, Lord, I believe in you. Talk to him. Lord, I'm putting my trust in you. Would you tell him? Mean it in your heart, down in your gut. Save me today, Lord. I know I'll die one day, but Lord, I don't want to I don't want to be lost. I don't want to go to hell, and I'm not going to go because I'm putting my faith in you. Would you tell him today? Would you talk to him like that? He loves you. Save me today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. With heads bowed finally this morning, how many would say, Pastor Gary, I just had a little talk with Jesus.